Hi guys and welcome to the Fights Up Boxing Podcast. I'm Lukash as always. And I'm going to open with an apology today. It's going to be a slightly shortened one. We're not going to cover too much just because I haven't been able to watch all the fights and I'm not going to be able to catch up in a reasonable amount of time. You know, work and health stuff, however, it's just not going to happen. So um, so I'm going to be talking about Sonny Edwards versus um, Felix Alvarado, which was an excellent performance by Sonny Edwards. And uh, well, it was a really good fight. Uh, if you... You know, if you like that kind of thing, not everyone loved it, but um, it was, you know, it was a technical fighter against a really aggressive fighter, and yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, and it, it said a lot about both fighters, and uh, yeah, I want to talk about it, so I'm going to. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch an awful lot of boxing. I watched uh, Dalton Smith fight Casey Benjamin for the British title in defence of his British title, and that was, you know, fairly decent. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about that. Dalton Smith's a fun fighter, and again, that fight says a, you know, he's one of the top British prospects, and that fight says a lot about, you know, where he is and isn't. Um, and also, he's a stable mate of uh, Sonny Edwards, and it's I just enjoy how different they are being trained by the same coach, um, Grant Smith. So I want to talk about just that a little, a little bit about that, um, you know, the the whole stable mate thing. Uh, I didn't watch the main event, which you know. <laughs> Could call me disrespectful, but you know it just it was, it was getting late. I had to, I had stuff to do. I didn't watch um, Natasha Jonas beat uh, Mary Eve Dakar for her third title at the division, but um, you know Natasha Jonas won. I you know I will watch that fight at some point. So for the next time, I have the preview material, but um, yeah, I haven't caught up on it yet, so I won't be talking about that, and I won't be talking about Ricky Hatton. Obviously, if there's a um, Marco Antonio Barrera, I also didn't watch that, and. Uh, Probably I'm never going to, but I am glad to see Hatton apparently got something out of it that he needed because for him it was about he fought his last professional bout against um I can't remember who it was I should know Shinchenko Vachisov Shinchenko that was you know Hatton's sort of last it was a sort of comeback fight but testing the waters where he was and it proved to him that he needed to retire so he didn't want to he didn't want that to be his last memory in a boxing ring under the lights so. You know, he feels he has some closure now, um, having fought. You know, it was an exhibition. It wasn't a real fight. But, um, it, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see Ricky Hatton in a happier place because there were times in between that fight um, and, uh, you know, after his retirement, even before that um, Chenchenko fight that got him in. So, so after that, he, you know, he struggled really hard with depression. And, you know, there were times when he just, you could, you saw him at shows sometimes, he looked in a really bad way. So just to see him healthy enough to consider stepping into the ring um, just even for an exhibition it's just really you know I, I really appreciate that I, I, I liked that um, I liked seeing that is what I'm saying there um, but yeah I didn't I didn't watch it um, and the uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about just a little bit is um, Montana Love against Steve Spark and again I didn't watch the whole fight here um you know, have a hard time. I didn't have watched the whole fight, but the ending in which Matanilov shoved uh, Spark out of the ring after you know being somewhat under under the cosh and they got disqualified for it. Um, and there's some controversy and all of that stuff. So, um, so I'll talk about that briefly at the end. It won't be a huge, you know, in depth thing about the fight, but um, I do have some thoughts on the ending. You know, those thoughts are he should have been disqualified and should shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you know, special preview. But um, but yeah. But let's start with um, you know, the main fight that I did actually watch. Sonny Edwards defending his IBF belt at um, flyweight against um, 
Phoenix Alvarado. Um, Felix Alvarado is a Nicaraguan fighter, twin brother of Rene, who fights up at 130 pounds. You know, he's been down at 125. He's uh, fought up at 135, but um, it's sort of around there. So clearly they're not identical twins, since Felix is at light fly at flyweight um, and moving up from light fly. So um, out of the two, Felix is more accomplished. You would have seen Rene uh, probably on some design cards, some Golden Boy cards. Um, he lost to William Zepeda earlier in the year. Um, yeah, Rene has never really reached world level. Like he fought um, Roger Gutierrez um, for the uh, for the um, WBA at Superfeather. Um, lost it twice. Um, but you know he's not he's fine. But he's a really good action fighter. Felix Alvarado is basically a better version of that guy. Um, smaller, but um, better. Uh, I mean, he may be better partly because he's a uh, tougher comparative to the weight that he's at. You know, he's a um, He's a, he's a roll forward. Felix Alvarado is a roll forward, just full on aggression, whirlwind. He uh, he doesn't stop. He 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 never stops moving forward. He never stops throwing punches. He's a full on, you know, classic 100 plus punches around. He's not crude about it. I mean, defensively he is a bit crude about it. Um, and his footwork's so so, which will come into this. But um, but the, you know the way he sets up punches, it's there are better fighters, and that came into play. But uh, but he's not just crudely flailing. So. So he's a good fighter. And Sonny Edwards, you know, we know Sonny Edwards, uh, presumably. Or we may not. He's not that established. Uh, but, um, you know, so there are people who haven't seen Sonny Edwards. But uh, he's a tricky outboxer who's learning to be also an inside fighter, which really came into play here. You know, I said it probably might, and it really did. Um, he's learning to be sort of an inside pocket boxer and all of that stuff. And he's just tricky, hard to catch up, um, hard to nail down, hard to pin down, really good at playing with the tempo. Basically, all the things that we're going to talk about in a second in the fight, Sonny Edwards is good at. Um, you know, just the uh, defensive and uh, manipulative arts of boxing. So, yeah. Um, the fight started, and uh, the first few rounds, Alvarado just couldn't pin Sonny Edwards down. You saw his footwork to the max. And Alvarado was basically baited into throwing before he was ready to throw and you know coming really far over over his lead foot which he's always been prone to um but he's always kind of been able to pin his opponents down and uh um you know chase his opponent to the corners and to the ropes and uh, then be able to just bring his feet in behind him and uh, and get to work he really struggled with that here especially early on he kept falling falling in and then edwards would just step around him you know edwards footwork is a uh, it's getting better by the fight. Um, you know, he used to still make sloppy mistakes, but this time it was just, um, you know, almost pitch perfect. Um, going either way, you know, he can he switches stances really easily, um, and he uh, he can escape either way. Um, like it is a little, still a little risky the way he does it in that uh, he keeps quite a not he's not keeping his feet square because that would be silly, um, except in some situations which I'll get onto a second. But he keeps relatively relatively flat so that he can go in either direction and that w could potentially be vulnerable but he's also really you know when he needs to he steps back uh yeah really easily he just walks backwards um, again not the way he's supposed to do it but um but his if his opponent can't catch him there's no threat to not stepping aside him um yeah it was just and the timing was perfect and the thing about edwards is he's an outboxer i've said this before he's an outboxer but he throws a lot of volume for an outboxer when he's boxing outside um, he throws plenty you know he's always thrown double or triple jabs when a lot of fighters would throw one um you know get around the outside he did a check um 
check everything on really well. Um, you know, Alvarado would lunge in and Edwards would just slide past him, matador him out of the way and uh, hook him as he went past. Just, you know, all the little neat tricks um, that you, you know, that you don't like to see from from an outboxer. And uh, he's a cocky fighter, uh, but but it was a, yeah, it was just a really good performance early on and he built up a bit of a lead. Um, so, you know, some people had Alvarado winning one, I think, in the second round or something. Um, I had Sonny Edwards winning the first, uh, I think I had him winning the first six. Um, maybe I gave Alvarado one, I can't remember. I wasn't scoring fully, like, but um, in any case, Edwards had a commander lead at the half time for me and for most people. Um, there was a point in the sort of in the middle of the fight, uh, then when Alvarado did start to catch him up and did start to get into the ropes. Um, my thought, even watching it at the time, was that Edwards was just doing it for shits and giggles, just to show that he can, because this sounds, partly this is something he's talked about before, um, and he definitely did it against Wasim, um, in my view, on purpose, um, where he was letting Alvarado get close to him, so that he could prove that he can box in his pocket, and. You know, Alvarado, you could argue that Alvarado won those exchanges just in sheer volume, but the vast majority of that shit didn't land. Um, and, uh, you know, Edwards would go play to the ropes and just sit on the ropes, tuck up, and uh, use his guard, which he has a really good active guard, really good um, use of moving his hands up and down, blocking with his elbows and all of that stuff. And, uh, and Alvarado would really struggle to get through it, just... Uh, just not get anything home, really. You know, he'd get one shot over a 15 or 30, which, uh, you know, how successful is that? And then Edwards would answer in a flurry and land two or three. Um, so, you know, there were quite a few times when I gave those exchanges to Edwards. Um, there were times, you know, when he sat at the back, sat off a little bit too much, just didn't throw anything. Because the thing was, he wasn't, um, well, he was catching countering sometimes, but there was a lot of time when he'd just catch, just catch, just catch, just catch, and let Alvarado wear himself out of it and then counter. Um, so it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that he was punching with Alvarado. So Alvarado was, you know, there were moments of the fight where, where Alvarado would just, uh, build up some momentum and, uh, and just kind of had to give the round to him. But, um, but Edwards was never in danger, right? Edwards never looked like he was breaking or fading or going to get knocked out, nothing like that. You know, he was never hurt at all. Um, there was, there was one slight aspect that, um, Paul Smith brought up as well, um, on the commentary. Uh, when he sits on the ropes, he does sort of let his feet sit square um, and just hangs, you know, kind of hangs on the ropes a little bit. And uh, he could make himself a more powerful puncher by shifting his feet a little bit. But um, you know, there probably is an element of uh, the way the way he is. You know, he's not just standing straight on, but there probably is an element of the way he stands that way that he feels more comfortable there because he still has the freedom to to decide when he moves. Which, which stance is going to take. Like, he wants to be able to take either stance and move either way. And maybe he feels that if he, uh, if he took a more, you know, traditional stance and just, uh, shifted his feet a little bit, uh, you know, north-south, he, he, he feels, maybe he feels that, um, that he'd limit his potential movement. Uh, I don't know. But that might be the reason. Um, it would make him more powerful though. If you set his feet a bit better, he'd definitely get a bit more powerful. And that's something, you know, he has talked about. He wants to get more purchase on his punches. So it's something you may have to think about. But, you know, you, uh, swings and roundabouts type of thing. And, uh, yeah, you know, later on he, he was also catching Alvarado with uppercuts because Alvarado, you know, he still leans in even when he catches you, catches you close. He still leaves it, leans in. Um, 
So, you know, he was just working some powerful shots, uh, some stinging shots, not powerful, you know, Edwards isn't a power puncher at all, but um, even in Clovis's thing, for me, Edwards was uh, at least 50-50 when they were close and dominating on the outside, so it was a good fight for him. Um, they clinched up as well. I've seen some complaints about this. Um, I don't really agree. Uh, I've seen complaints that Edwards was uh, holding too much and that the referee was letting them hold too much, that the referee wasn't stopping Edwards from doing it. Firstly, I don't think Edwards was holding too much at all. Like, um, the amount of time that was spent in the pocket, in the phone box, with Alvarado unloading on Edwards, just really suggests to me that Edwards wasn't, uh, you know, he wasn't there to hold. There's just way too much Alvarado work uh, to do it. There were clearly times when they tangled up and held, um, and, uh, and um, got, you know, clinchy with it. First thing I would say, it wasn't necessarily Edwards' fault. Like, if a top-heavy fighter like Alvarado is falling in on you, um, there's, you know, sometimes you're just going to end up holding. You're going to end up, like, tangled up, and then you kind of have to grab hold of something to prevent, you know, really stupid shit happening. And also, there were times when the holding was a response to roughhousing from Alvarado. Like, um, how are you going to blame Edwards for holding? And there was one moment... Uh, Zone's clip of the beginning of the fight, it's, I think it's titled um, Edwards is Landing Early and Often. Um, and that clip ends with Edwards holding, but immediately preceding Edwards holding, you can see uh, Alvarado is forearming him across the face, and Edwards basically responds by pulling that arm down and uh, and grabbing hold of it. So they're both, you know, they're both as bad as, bad as, bad as each other. And for me, I enjoy seeing that kind of thing. Like, it's the dark arts, but it's not dangerous. It's, you know, dirty boxing, but it's not dangerous. It's unpleasant uh, for both of them involved. Um, but, you know, and I don't think it was really slowing the fight down because the thing, it, you can see it in that instance. You can't see the whole thing play out, but you can see the beginning. The moment Edwards um, grabbed hold of his arm, pulled it down, they both started trying to work out of it and frame off for the better opportunity to strike on the inside, to get the position they needed to... Sh- to throw their strikes they wanted so I think the referee did it really well um, yeah I just enjoyed the whole fight to be honest and yeah towards the end Sonny Edwards um, got back on his uh, got back on his movement I'm not going to say back on his bike because I don't like that phrase most of the time um, but he got back on his movement and won the last two three rounds pretty comfortably as well so you know he pretty much wrapped up I think I scored it 9-3 but like I say I wasn't uh, paying full attention or four minute scoring or anything like that um, but you know it's pretty clearly a Sonny Edwards win I did think the six uh, the two rounds you know the six, there were two cards that were 6-4 I think uh, I think they were a little bit uh, generous to Alvarado but um, you know maybe you can't get too mad about that um, you know Alvarado he did plenty of work and you can definitely say you know there were enough rounds where Edwards was letting him work and then occasionally puncturing him with shots and for me the, you know the majority of the time that you know, like that, that shit wasn't really getting through, and then Edwards was answering with clean shots. But you can see, you can say, say, you can both say, yeah, Alvarado did enough, even though Edwards answered. Um, and you can also say, especially for the judges, um, you know, for us on telly, it's really fucking easy when you've got the television and the replay and the great angles. A judge sitting behind or to the side just physically might not be able to see which shots are landing, which aren't. It is a dangerous game to play because the judges, you know, you can't even blame them for this. Like sometimes you're like, um, yeah, this is bad judging. But um, you can't blame a judge for being sat in the wrong position that he can't see the uh, the fight. You know, if, if, if uh, Edwards is sitting on the ropes sort of 
with a bad angle for two judges, they're not allowed to get up and move around to see it better. Um, and he spent, you know, minutes at times in there. So I can't blame the judges for disagreeing with me. Like, I don't, I can't say they were wrong. You know, I had a better angle in this instance on the telly to score it. Um, but yeah, it was won pretty comfortably. It was a, yeah, it was just a cool performance. And, um, he called out Bam afterwards. Um, he called out Bam and then also immediately asked by the interviewer, um, who he wants next. So he, he said himself, come on, I just told you. Um, so, fair, you know, fair enough to him for just, yeah. Um, I would love to see that fight. Um, I don't think it's going to happen next. Um, but I'd love to see it, um, next year. Edward says if he doesn't get any implication in his next fight, he will move up next year. But, um, you know, it would be good to see him. You know, any of the unifications. Um, Hudo says, oh, Martinez doesn't seem particularly interested in fighting Sonny Edwards. But, um, but that would be a good fight too. I think Edwards wins that one pretty comfortably at this point, unless Martinez can overwhelm him, um, which is possible. Um, the thing with Edwards is it's something I've talked about. I wrote an article about this before, before the Mustang fight. Is Edwards is excellent at playing with tempo. It came into play here as well. Edwards is, is excellent at speeding up, slowing the fight down. Um, you know, fucking about with the pace of the feet, the pace of the punches, all of that stuff. And, um, we saw Martinez against Chocolatito. He's a one paced fighter, a very fast pace, not for on the thrust all the time. But even that isn't necessarily the best thing. Um, and okay, Edward isn't Chocolatito either in style, like at all, or in uh, skill level at this point. But, um, but he's a really good fighter and really tough to beat, and I think Martinez would struggle. Um, Bam Rodriguez is a different question, completely different question. Um, and I would love to see that fight. The footwork in that fight would be insane, because, you know, Sonny's footwork, Sonny does the, uh, stepping around his opponents in close thing really well. Like, he doesn't do it in the same way as uh, Bam or Loma or all of those guys to unload, uh, you know, full on combinations. But he's really hard to get a fix on, you know, the same as Bam. So they would be Catherine and wheeling around each other. Uh, you know, it would just be such a good uh, exhibition of footwork and who you know a real test of who the better one is um, you know that's a fantastic fight for me um, what, you know, one of the best ones that could be made in boxing these days so I really hope it happens um, you know Felix Alvarado it was a rather division um, anytime he fights for a title anytime he fights really it's going to be worth watching because he's just like a unstoppable um, you know bundle of energy aggression all of that stuff um, you know I, I haven't really given him the full you know justice in this because um, yeah he was limited um, Edwards proved where he's limited um, you know his punch selection a little bit a little bit like he didn't he doesn't have it in him to change the tempo and uh, like the patterns of his attacks so that when he realised Edwards was a uh, you know had adapted and was using his active guard to block it he didn't have it in him to break that guard, to uh, drop a drop a beat on the rhythm and try to bait Edwards into moving too far to rhythm. He doesn't have that in him. Um, but most fighters aren't Sonny Edwards, and the way he the way Alvarado fights is going to be trouble for most fighters in the division. Um, Alvarado versus uh, Sergio Martinez would be a fucking fantastic fight. That would be a, potentially one for the ages. Um, yeah, um, not going to yeah. I think I've said all I'm really going to say about that. Um, but yeah, I really, I really do rate Tony Edwards and I do enjoy watching him. You know, him himself is a take it or leave it guy, I know. Um, and you know, he does annoy me sometimes as well. But, um, but as a boxer, I really enjoy him and I do think, um, skills wise, I think he's the best fighter in the UK today. Um, yeah, he's, um, 
there are other fighters who you could give a shout to here and there. Like uh, a little while back, I would have said Josh Taylor. Um, but, uh, you know, his performance against Catterall, as impressive as Catterall was, um, you know, takes him off that level a bit. And Catterall himself, I think, needs to prove a bit more um, before being put in that sort of quality. There isn't really, you know, Tyson Fury obviously is a uh, one to talk about. And uh, the thing is that you could, in some in some ways, Sonny Edwards comes off as tiny Fury, Tyson Fury written in extreme miniature. Um, he has that outboxing, inboxing, you know, he's that outboxing footwork starts with anything going on. And he does like come inside, although he doesn't push forward when the way Tyson Fury does. Um, you know, he's not a clone of Tyson Fury or anything. But I think uh, the little details of Sonny Edwards' work are better than the little details of um, Tyson Fury's. Whether he achieves what Tyson Fury has in his career, I don't know. Um, but just for sheer skill, and it's hard to compare across the weight, so I would put Edwards above him, and maybe at this point. Um, yeah, he's, he's a really good fighter. I really I really rate Tony Edwards, like I just said. Um, okay, moving on. The next night was uh, Dalton Smith um, defending his British title against Casey Benjamin. And... Uh, this was a sort of risky fight to make by the matchmakers. I mean, it, I think it was a, it was a mandatory um, for the British title, but um, Casey Benjamin had basically never been anywhere close to this sort of level before. So the danger was he was just going to get blown out because um, because Alton Smith can punch a bit and he's very skilled. But he didn't. He really managed to sit with Smith um, and keep up with his movement. Um, like my worry was that Dalton Smith um, is a teammate of Sonny Edwards, Edwards and like I say um, Grant Smith is Sonny Edwards coach he's Dalton Smith's dad and his coach and um, you wouldn't get it from the way they fight like you can when you know you can see in the way they move in their footwork that kind of stuff um, that there was a coach there with certain fundamental beliefs but usually when you see a coach who has two guys who, has, who develops guys you can see very quickly their certain patterns that they like to instill throughout the fighters whoever they are you know the better ones will do more to vary up um others will sort of just uh, you know the better ones will focus on certain things but um leave each fighter to interpret it other fighters uh, will uh, you know have very clear um ticks that they like to still in the fighters and sometimes you get people like adam booth who i do think leaves his fighters to interpret what he's saying but um but he has such specific focuses that uh, they will look to a certain extent similar anyway. Um, Grant Smith has trained two fighters for whom really the only similarity is that they move well. Um, you know, Sonny Edwards is a very complete, um, but mostly an outboxer, not very, not a heavy puncher at all. Um, a twitchy mover, like, you know, I'll compare him to Tyson Fury. He's a very twitchy, um, back and forth, jaggedy, um, the form's not clean in, in terms of, you know, how he delivers his punches and how uh, he move, how he moves his head and all of that. It's not what you teach in a textbook, you know. Um, whereas Alton Smith is kind of textbook. Like, his punching form is super clean and he's a powerful puncher. Like, he's not a Golovkin or anything. Uh, you know, he's 140 pounds. He isn't blowing the guys away, but he's a, you know, I hate to use the phrase, it's such a cliche, spiteful. Um, yeah, he's got pop on his punches. Um, he, put, he can put opponents away. Um, he's you know he hits hard and hurtful and uh, and he he knows how to use it. Um, he's an interesting one because there was always talk, uh, not talk. But there was sort of some rumblings because of the way he fights that um, maybe he's covering a chin problem because he's very skilled and uh, he's got really good offensive toolkit. But he kind of always starts really slowly 
like, I mean, for that kind of fighter. Um, but he always starts pretty slowly and not throwing at all. And kind of built it up and up and up. But never, you know, he never really commits to throwing really big combinations or anything like that. Um, and there's always been a sort of a worry that maybe it's because he's covering a chin issue. Um, in this fight, Katie Benjamin tagged him pretty solidly a number of times, um, which is somewhat of a concern, you know, work on that defense. But, uh, but it, yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't seem to be covering a chin issue at all. Um, he took a number of solid shots. It's just the way he fights. And it is an entertaining thing. Like he, I've always said, I like a fighter who cranks the pressure. And, uh, you know, Dalton Smith is not Usyk. He doesn't throw a hundred punches around. But, um, but he kind of do, he just kind of slowly introduces new tools all the time. So he starts off just throwing a really basic, um, you know, jab and a right hand or whatever. Um, and just slowly pressing in and then he can, as the fight goes on he'll start bringing on those really sharp movements around his opponent and he'll start throwing in more punches and uppercuts and hooks and over the top um, in this fight he found it harder than he thought he was going to because Casey Benjamin just uh, it was one of those where Benjamin just didn't let him fucking settle um, like didn't let him get away with anything for free like I said about um, in the Lomachenko fight last week where uh, um, Jermaine Ortiz um didn't let Lomachenko have anything for free. This was obviously nowhere near that sort of level. But it was all of that um, that stuff like Benjamin just yeah wouldn't let Dalton Smith move without having to take a shot for it. And that uh, and that proved a lot about Dalton Smith. It proved that he can deal with that kind of shit. But also that he has to do a little bit more. Um, if that, uh, that Casey Benjamin... You know, Casey Benjamin, he eventually started to kind of fall apart a bit. Um, he couldn't really keep up the tempo of the full fight mostly I think because um, and this is another difference between Sonny and uh, Smith is Smith is really efficient like he doesn't waste any energy um, whereas Casey Benjamin was kind of like over over moving over balancing like not necessarily taking the smoothest possible way to do his thing but just the um, not even easy just not even the quickest way but just you know he's just doing as much as he could um, and he maybe he needed to do that to throw Dalton Smith off um, to you know to keep up with him but uh, but that kind of thing it's hard to do and his you know his technical form isn't flawless whereas Dalton Smith's technical form especially just with his punching and his movement his footwork is very very clean um, so so eventually Benjamin just kind of the volume started dropping basically what he was Benjamin was doing was kind of playing an outboxing but really high volume um, and engaging with everything he could and he would push Dalton Smith back when he could um, you know he'd, he'd, he wouldn't let him uh, push him the whole way um, and like you know Casey Benjamin did start the fight holding the center of the ring like he, he really showed he wants to take that control of that and Smith had to work to start shoving him back um, so there was that uh, you know it was just a good it was a good fight a good test um, there were a few things that uh, Dalton Smith needs to work on um, the, the most obvious, um, just in direct comparison to his teammate, um, I was talking about Sonny Elder's high guard being, you know, he has an active guard. Um, Dalton Smith did not. Um, Dalton Smith, when he got to situations where um, Benjamin pushed him onto the ropes, he just sat on the ropes with his hands up, um, catching everything on the elbows, elbows as best as he could. Um, if he gets into a fighter who looks at the holes better than Casey Benjamin did um, he will need a more active guard he will need to, to be able to move up and down because um, he, did, he did eat a few body shots and even though Casey Benjamin is better than I expected you know he's up 140 that's a tough division and he may end up moving up to world 
he's in a shark tank. He has to, you know, he can't just sit there with a static guard and expect to be able to catch everything. Um, but yeah, no, it did prove, yeah, like I say, it proved, it proved, it showed things that Norton Smith has to learn, but it also did show, you know, his footwork is on point. Um, you know, his footwork is ultimately what won him and the accuracy of his punching. Um, you could say maybe he's too keen on efficiency that he could throw away more punches. It's not that he did just blast the punches he's punching, but, um, you could suggest maybe that he could throw away more punches, do more feints, all of that kind of thing, rather than just, uh, more, you know, aiming for a really high punch accuracy. Um, just little things like that, like um, just a little bit more head movement. He's aiming for very much for that Bam Rodriguez style of movement, you know, the Machenko and that kind of thing. But it just he needs a few refinements. Um, but he is very good at uh, just holding, holding the tempo, the tempo holding off um, on pushing too hard and just cracking it very slowly so the opponent doesn't really necessarily realise what's happening until they've been outmaneuvered and... Uh, and sort of the, the fights got away from them. He's really good at that. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how it goes up to world level. Um, I don't know if that'll be next year. Like initially, I thought maybe he should, but um, yeah, he's probably he's not ready for world level yet. It's an odd position because normally when you're British level, you kind of test yourself at world level pretty quickly, and you don't want Dalton Smith to um, you know to be circling to be in a holding pattern. He's too good for that, and uh, he. Uh, yeah, he um he needs to keep testing himself so that it doesn't atrophy. You know, you've seen it with some British fighters where they get to a certain level and they kind of just spin their wheels for a bit and they atrophy. Um, he's in good division. Um, you know, people like uh Horror Davies that would be a good fight for him. Lewis Ritson would be interesting. I don't know if those are makeable. Um, just in terms of uh, um, you know, um, promotion of stuff. But uh, but there's a lot of good British fighters. Uh, that he could uh, he could step in with you know Sam Maxwell there's a lot going on basically um, and yeah I mean the world level is stacked at this week um, just completely uh, and Josh Taylor although he's moving up but uh, well no he's not he's rematching Jack Cadrill so Taylor Ramirez Lopez Martin you know Carry Anton Russell Pro Grey he's fighting as a Peter um, in a few weeks in a couple of weeks um, there's a lot this is a stacked division it's going to be my Main issue, not issue, but interest, is um, Adam Azim is in that division, and he's nowhere near the top yet. Like he's nowhere near the level where Dalton Smith is, but he's far too good to be just feasting on the guys that he's been feasting on. So he will be moving towards British level soon, and if um, Dalton Smith doesn't want to fight him before world level, which you know um, Sonny Edwards talked about, and I don't know if he had any conversation with him, but. But, you know, if he's come from Sonny Edwards, he's in a better position to have an insight to what Dalton Smith thinks. Um, if he doesn't want to fight Adam Azim before world level, he may have to vacate that British title unless Azim himself decides, OK, I'll skip the British and get Commonwealth. But that doesn't seem likely. So, um, so it'll be interesting what happens there because um, because I think Azim's going to be reaching that level very soon. He's far too good for what he's been fighting now. And he needs to be tested too. But anyway, there's that. And... Um, yeah, both of them come away with a like um, for uh, um, for Casey Benjamin. This was a good fight because because um, he didn't have much reputation till now, and now people you know he didn't win, and that's not great for him. But um, but it's a good it's a good showing for him, and that will hopefully put him on the map and uh, get promoters interested in him. Um, and he's only twenty seven; he's not old, so. So he's got, 
you know, he's he's sort of shown himself in that he will be at least a competitive British level fighter, um, and so that's good for him. Okay, so before I move on to the uh, Montana Love Montana loves the Sparks fight, I uh, I will just mention I'm not going to talk about Janovic and I'm going to leave as a stencil Bentley. Just yeah, again, I didn't get to see it. Um, I hear that Alim Kanuli had more trouble than most of us. You know, I expected a complete blowout and it didn't happen. So, you know, fair's fair to Denzel Bentley. Um, I can't comment on whether what that says about where Alim Kanuli is compared to where Denzel Bentley, you know, because I've talked about Alim Kanuli as um, the, bo- the boogeyman of the division and all of this. Um, I can't speak about what that fight says about it until I see it, which I will, but... Um, you know, I may not do a podcast. It will definitely come up in the preview of his next fight, whenever that is, which, you know, who, who the fuck knows. But anyway, I just wanted to acknowledge that that fight had happened. Um, now, the last thing I'm going to talk about was a Montana Love against Steve Sparks. Not the fight itself, because again, I didn't see it. I know that um, Sparks knocked Love down, and, and that there was an unfortunate clash of heads that uh, opened up a big cut over the eye of, uh, of Love. And um, I've seen people say he was looking for a way out. That he didn't look happy to be there. That he, even though he was potentially winning um, at that point, or at least uh, that he, uh, that um, yeah, that he wasn't getting battered or anything, but he that he looked for, was doing for a way out. Um, I have also, you know, seen it said that uh, love that both of them knew that with the clash of heads, with that cut being from the clash of heads, it wasn't going to go very much longer. And they weren't sure where the scores were, so they were both kind of went for it. Um, but my love, for whatever reason, got um, really... He just really shoved Spark, you know, they, they restarted, and he just shoved Spark, I've seen this bit, um, he shoved Sparks into the ropes, and uh, kind of just hooked him over. Um, he didn't lift and push, and that's his defence now, like he didn't dig down and lift him up he didn't you know throw him over or anything but um i don't think that's much of a defense because he had his arm under his chin and he just kept pushing and at one point it became clear that that spark was going over the top rope uh, you know that that was happening and he didn't stop and he just you know you can't do that you can't do that my man and you know he's lucky that spark didn't land on his head or anything and um yeah i think the referee was fully justified in disqualifying him like i wouldn't have raged out if he hadn't um, but I don't think he's got any case for no contest or anything like that. Like um, you shove your opponent out of the ring upside down, um, you've got no leg to stand on. You have no complaints. It's you know that's all there really is to say. Really, um, you know, no matter how irritated you are and how you know Spark did a really smooth landing, he flipped and landed on his feet. Um, you know, nice. But um, but yeah, no love really has to. If, if he's going to be, you know, I think. I think we know he's not a world-level fighter um, now. Because that was a question, really. Um, you know, maybe Sparks better than we thought. But, um, yeah, if you're going to get that angry in that kind of situation, not you know, not even angry, just frustrated. Like, how are you going to tough it out in world-level fights and all of that shit? So it does kind of put the reins on the Montana Love train. Um, the Love train, for fuck's sake. Um, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. Um, it puts the, 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 the brakes on his, uh, hype a little bit. Um, Eddie Hearn got, you know, really furious and it's like, no, no, um, it shouldn't have been stopped and blah, 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 blah. blah. Eddie Hearn, both of them are your fighters. Both of them are your fighters and you can use Stevie Spark to push. Now, you know, you've got an Australian market, all of that stuff. 
get behind your both of your guys. Um, but you know, Hurley is who he is. He can be a good guy, but um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I really wanted to say. Is basically, if you wanted to, if you're going to hike your opponent out of the ring, you deserve to get disqualified, or at least you're, you know, you don't have any argument against him. Um, but yeah, no, it was a overall. It was, it was. It seemed like a good weekend of boxing from what I saw. And, you know, I enjoyed everything I saw. Um, like the undercard of the uh, of the um, Sonny Edwards card was not, you know, I can't even remember it fully, but it wasn't. I enjoyed myself watching it. Um, yeah, no, it's it a it was a good weekend of boxing. And next weekend is uh, it's never a good sign when I when I can't remember at all what's coming up. Um, is there anything? Yeah, oh yeah, Hamy McGuire versus Gonzalo Correa, middleweight 10 rounds. Yeah, there's nothing happening next week. I don't think I'm going to do pre- previews. Anthony Yard is, um, Liam Davies is fighting Yannick Bluter. Um, I'm not sure that's interesting enough to do for a preview on. And Anthony Yard is fighting a tickover fight waiting for a bit heavier next year. Um, yeah, there's nothing happening this weekend that is really of interest. Um, the weekend after is the one. So, I probably won't do a podcast next week. I might. I probably won't. Um, if I do, you know, if I find something to talk about, I'll talk about it. But, um, yeah, you know, follow me at Crafty Boxing on Twitter. Follow the fight site at the fight site. Join our Patreon if you can. Um, uh, our man Iggy's, he's done the, uh, he's done the, uh, tough part of, um, the, the, the immigration fund is there. The, um, the lawyer's fees. Now he needs to, you know, the information's on the uh, on his Twitter. Um, I'll there'll be links, um, you know, and check our fight, check our check the fights out Twitter and all of that stuff. Um, just you know, keep following where he needs. Basically, he's on the next step, and the next step, you know, he's asked for our help. He you know he needs a bit more, but um, but he's nearly there. He's it's that last part. Um, so, you know, that's good news, isn't it? Um, anyway, yeah. Um, after all that, I will see you next week.